That was excellent, hey? That was so good. I wish, you know, I, I, we wanted to let them kind of head down the hall and do what they did, but I so would have loved the opportunity to come up here and have to go through the door and then wait for the gate to rise and then cross the lowered bridge. I, I know that's not the story, but man, that was, that might have been my favorite part, guys. I'm just going to say, I know there's a really good message in there, and we're, but I just, ah. That one's got me. Uh, anyways, before we leave here today, uh, I just wanted to, I wanted us to take a few minutes and um, kind of think about a, think about a different kind of kingdom. And uh, uh, one that was presented for us in the Gospels in a series of stories. And I was thinking about what this, today, this morning, I was thinking about stories and they, they kind of share a few things in common with onions, don't they? Since we've been thinking about onions all morning, right? And for our purposes this morning, I think they often come with layers, and we're, when we have these stories in the gospel, sometimes we can, we can look at them and, and, and we can just kind of leave it as it is and walk away with it, or we can kind of peel back the layers and, and start to ask some questions. And uh, let's do that for a few minutes today before we, before we kind of wrap up our time. And so Jesus, through a series of short stories, most of his teaching actually keeps coming back to a theme of the kingdom of God. And, and this theme was so significant in all of his instruction that it even becomes a really prominent theme in Matthew's gospel presentation of Jesus' life. And so a few things that we learn about the kingdom of God from Jesus, right? Like every time he comes back to it again and again, it is so central. Even when he's asked about prayer, he brings in God's kingdom, instructing people to pray, right? Our Father in heaven, your kingdom come, your will be done. Or we read that when he began preaching and teaching, his, his, the, his message was that the kingdom of God has come near. I know our title of our story was that it's in a kingdom far away. But Jesus presented us a kingdom that is, yes, both far, but also very near. And so a few things I want us to reflect on this morning about what he, how he described the kingdom mostly through stories. And the first thing uh, we get from Matthew 13 is that, um, well, first off, everyone is invited. Let me read for you a couple quick stories. Boom. Matthew 13, 44. It says this. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. So, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure. It is like a merchant. Well, first thing I want us to see is that it, in God's kingdom, everyone's invited. You might be thinking, well, how do we get there? Well, first off, these stories present us that it's a place for foreigners, for outsiders. We have a merchant who in our day we think of storekeepers and like, yeah, they're a central part of society. But the particular phrase in Jesus' day relayed more to someone who would uh, roam around who would find scrap piles and pick through them, who would go into little what we might consider like flea markets and, and kind of travel the countryside looking for things that he might hawk and sell. In fact, when people thought of merchants, their minds in Jewish culture in that day would often go back to these same nomadic traders from Genesis that carried Joseph off to Egypt. 
in Jesus' Jewish society of the first century, they weren't the insiders. They weren't the, the good, the best, most outstanding citizens, the ones you wanted to pal around with. They kind of lurked more on the edges. Yes, they served a role, but they weren't, they weren't the insiders. They were outsiders. And even the man that is mentioned as having a, a finding the treasure in the field, there's, there's some thought there that he wasn't, it wasn't his field. He was, he, some, some uh, commentators refer to him as a trespasser or a foreigner even, a, a nomadic person roaming the countryside who happened to stub his toe, so to speak. So we have these two people who are outsiders but find it and they get it. Jesus also presents that the kingdom is for insiders. He references that how wonderful it is, how much value there is in the kingdom for those who know the treasures of the law and can share its insights with kingdom people. Those who have been steeped in it, who are thoroughly in it, and yet use all their knowledge to help others come in. It is for the outsiders, the insiders. Jesus talks about it in other places as being for children even. The lowest of society, those outside society, the highest of society, it is for everyone and all those in between. And as we've noted in our story today, even for, the, even for those who perpetually mess up, for the imperfect, for those who stumble, those who desert Jesus, those who, uh, who scheme, God still invites them to come in, and then he works on their heart to shape them into kingdom people. The kingdom is for everyone. The kingdom is also, in some places, something that grows. Jesus talks of a seed, not a seed of deception a seed, or a seed of lies, but a seed of a mustard plant. A grainy seed that we chomp on when we spread our favorite sandwich. A seed that grows and becomes a place of refuge for the kingdom citizens. Something, the kingdom is something that just expands. He likens it to yeast, which we read and think maybe little packets that we keep in our fridge or, or we find shoved in the back of a cupboard. But it's much more, like I learned this week, like sourdough starter. And you know that if you've been working on sourdough throughout the pandemic, and as I know some of you have, it is a alive, living culture that you mix into dough. Jesus says this woman, though, took some starter, and she mixed it into 300 pounds of flour. Quite a significant amount. More than one person could ever eat before it would spoil, right? It is a huge amount. The kingdom starts small. Then it becomes hidden in the workings of society and then it grows and expands and becomes more than one person can ever contain and ever use. It is to be shared and spread around. He also presents through stories, going back to the ones we read, that it is something of incredible worth and incredible value. It is worth selling everything you have to attain it. For when the merchant and the foreigner discovered the find, they did anything and everything they could to make sure they were part of it. They made the bought the one bought the whole field so that he could have just the treasure. The other sold everything he had so that one pearl, that one thing that is that was valuable, yes, but not un, but so unlike anything else, it was 
not comparable, for there is nothing else like it. They, and so we get the idea, if we read through his stories, the ones we quickly touched on today and others, that it is a place, that it is an inclusive kingdom. It is growing. It is living. It is life-giving. Sometimes communities like that we even think of as a family. Another metaphor to mix in, another way of considering it. It isn't just where we are a bunch of citizens running the orders of a king, but he calls us his children. And it's worth trading everything we have for. So why is it so valuable? Why is it so good? Well, first and foremost, it's because the king is good. God is good, and he acts only in ways that are good for his people. And we shouldn't ever confuse him for the, <laughs> for the rulers of earth. Uh, by the way, if you follow the news this morning, we have an election coming, hey? And sometimes we can confuse, we look at our earthly leaders and we go, hmm. Sometimes we can look at them and go, I'm so glad God's not like that. Right? God is good. He leads justly. He loves us incredibly. And of course, as we've looked at this morning in several ways, his love isn't going away. We can't be separated from it. We are invited in to the community and the family, and his love will stay. So this morning, whether you feel like an outsider, an insider, like those who are too young to count or those who are perpetually messing up, may you hear the invitation to God's kingdom way of living and find your way in, for it is very good. Let me pray for us before we go. God, I want to thank you that we have such a wonderful collection of stories that we can visit again and again that remind us of how good you are, that remind us of your love, that remind us, God, that we are part of something so big and so important and so valuable that we are part of a community of life. And so we celebrate that today, God. We thank you for that, and I pray that as we go from here, that we would not um, fall into the lie of you being less than anything but perfectly good. We wouldn't fall into the lie of uh, waiting our whole life for you to reign, but that, God, we would see that you are king today. So we thank you for that. We pray that you would uh, guide us in these truths, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us, everyone. It's a delight to have you with us as our drama camp has, uh, they enjoy sharing all their hard work with you. And so um, thank you so much for coming out today. And uh, they should be ready. Uh, we're, we're trying to kind of keep just cast and, and we're just trying to abide by a little bit of social distancing. And so, um, but uh you will probably see them around, and they do love hearing that they've done a good job. And so, uh, again, thank you for coming, and uh, may you have a, a wonderful week.